Hi, I'm Graham Lasso, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat with Chris, Craig, and Brady. Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat pod. On today's pod, Chelsea make it three wins in a row and back-to-back Premier League wins for the first time since March 2023. Uh, we're going to do our regular temperature checks. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and a good friend Brady. Guys, how's it feel? We just can't stop winning. Wow, what a feeling it is. Three wins in a row. Like the good old days back now, and uh, yeah, I don't know, our model of... Uh of putting out misery after Chelsea results is uh, maybe uh, maybe one that will be disappearing. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, you can set your watch to score in four at Turf Moor. We all seem to score four up there. You might as well call it Turf Four. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful way to go into an international break. Two weeks uh, two weeks of this feeling. Whatever happens against Arsenal, we can take this, uh, this feeling in. It's good to get momentum. I mean, these are teams that we should be beating, but we are beating them, and that's uh, it's good. It's great. Cool. Well, let's let's start at turf turf four, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chelsea ran out four-one winners, um, having gone a goal down um, early on to Wilson Odebert's um, strike after 15 minutes. Uh, goals for well, an own goal got us back into the game just before the half, um, and then Cole Palmer scored a penalty before Raheem Sterling and Nicholas Jackson added to it. Uh, it was a game where we actually created quite a low expected goals um, generally. Um, it was 1.6, and that obviously included a penalty, whereas Burnley created 0.7. 62% possession for the Blues, uh, 90% pass accuracy, uh, four shots on target out of our eight shots, and two saves for Robert Sanchez out of three. Um, how did we see it go down? Yesterday, three o'clock. I'll pre this by saying that I'm not going to be negative on the pod today for sure because obviously three wins in a row and we just won 4-1 certainly isn't a time to be to be negative. But just as I wasn't too low after the results against West Ham, Forest, Villa, I'm not going to be too high after this game either. I still think the team has some, some issues to work through. But certainly going to celebrate and enjoy the, the win and the performance, some fantastic finishing. Um... Raheem Sterling running the show up top. Lovely to see a player just play with that freedom and confidence. And obviously a lot came off for him. Basically everything came off for him um, in the game, which is fantastic as well. When you're dribbling one-on-one, that's not always the case. So yeah, enjoyed the game. And yeah, I guess we'll we'll break down tactically, you know, what we're seeing in the, in the game and how we changed things yesterday, which we definitely did um, a lot and how we look at them going forward for Arsenal. I mean, in the first half, it was sort of like a stag do having a kickabout, and Sterling was the only sober guy. I mean, the first half was awful, wasn't it, really, when you think about it. It was a, felt like a 12.30 game after the international break. We just couldn't get going. It's kind of the opposite of the uh, the Fulham game, where there was low intensity, poor press, wasn't great. But I'll tell you what, we just got that little bit of luck. Like, you, like Raheem just fizzed in a sort of innocuous cross. It comes off their defender and flies in. And we haven't had that, that, that. We had that little bit, a bit of luck with the Brozier goal, the second goal, with a bit of a bit of a fluke goal. And we've had that today, and we've been we've been lacking that with missing the chances and obviously our uh, very long injury list. So 
you need a little bit of luck, a little bit of variance going your way. So I think that was pivotal. And um, if we don't get that goal before half, before half time and winning one nil down after that performance, I think they, their heads would have really been down. So yeah, it was really important that that goal just before half time and just a little bit of luck helping us out. Yeah, I thought definitely a game of two halves. First half being yeah. extremely poor, lots of ball possession, but not doing a lot with it. I've got some um, stats for the game which I wanted to share. Some of them are quite interesting. Um, Chelsea had five shots in the first half um, and only had three shots in the second, uh, sorry, four shots in the second half. Yeah. She had more shots in the first half, even though we were probably a much poorer outfit. Um, we, we registered our highest shot on target percentage um, of all the games we played so far yesterday. So that's the percentage of shots that were on target. We're at 50%, even though it was our lowest, it's our game which had the fewest amount of shots in it. Are you trying to say, Chris, that we were clinical? Have Chelsea yes, become clinical? Exactly. Have Chelsea become clinical? Is this, is it's this a long-winded way of saying we were clinical yesterday. Yeah. Well, some other good stats in here for us. We had the most amount of switches in the game. We had double the, so the most amount of switches we had before this was against Bournemouth 4. We had double that. We had eight, which I think was really impressive. You could see that we're moving the ball quite quite nicely. Um, and we had the most amount of tackles in the attacking third. We had 10 compared to um, the, the second highest was against Villa, where we had six. So, some really... that, that was a really impressive part of the game yesterday. I think we should probably focus on that uh, first, was the, the winning the ball up, high up the pitch. And one of the key men in that area was Caicedo, who I thought was fantastic yesterday. Um, but you can really see that midfield where we might lack some sort of creativity and flair and attacking threat in those eight positions. But what we don't lack is work rate and ability to press. And Enzo and Gallagher to, with Caicedo, I thought those three, you know, you can see why that's going to be a hard midfield to play against in the Premier League. And obviously, rightfully so, obviously two hundred million pound players. But yeah, I think yesterday you saw the benefits of, of having those players in the team in terms of off the ball. Also, I just want to touch on the penalty. I know it's a penalty and you should score it. I mean, I, I think this game, I'm, I, when you think of Bournemouth and West Ham, I don't think the performances yesterday, yesterday was actually much better than like the Bournemouth and the West Ham game. It's not, it feels weird to say that. But like against West Ham, we, we were, it was 1-0 in the first half and you put Enzo in a penalty. Just, that was a mistake. Like Jorginho's gone. You just get the attackers on the pins. And I know Cole Palmer wasn't at the club then, but they should have put a Sterling on the penalty then or something like that. When you put the tackles on pens, you cool heads, rolled it in, and that just gave the team so much confidence. So yeah, um, so yeah, I, I think that's a, if a, if a, it's kind of a small point, but it's really important that you get those little details right as a club because we can't be missing penalties and things like that, and uh, missing ch- we're missing enough chances already. So I just thought that was really important to settle the team down in the second half. I also yeah. thought, you know, um, when we talked a few weeks ago, we were talking about crosses, especially post the West Ham game, which obviously was just abysmal at the end in terms of the chaos that we we were as a unit attacking. Um, we were top of the Premier League in terms of average crosses per game with 29, almost 29 crosses per game as of a couple of weeks ago. Yesterday, we only had 13 crosses, but we did have six through balls, which is very high. And, you know, I think Man City lead the league in, in that three balls per game in 4.5. So we had six yesterday, which was fantastic. So it does show a massive change in offensive strategy for us. And it's a really, really good sign for me in terms of how Posh is evaluating the squad, seeing what's working, seeing what's not. Remember, we're only eight games into him 
as a coach but that that I think is a really really good reflection of how the style has changed defensively I think looking at the game yesterday from my perspective the the big change that happened in the second half was the removal of Brozier and bringing in Jackson um I think it's 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 an interesting one because I don't know if it was deliberate or not if it was deliberate it was genius if it wasn't because we know Brozier's not that fit then um it was maybe a, a, a bit of luck for Pochettino but there was two basically the the midfield with Gallagher Enzo and Caicedo were operating you know they they don't move too far away from each other um and with Brozier he likes to stay on the shoulder of the defenders and and what we saw was big spaces and big gaps all the way up the pitch in the first half which made it easier for Burnley to keep the ball when we had it um and it was difficult for us to kind of get the ball forward and maintain it in high areas because the midfield couldn't catch back up with um where the attack was and I think bringing Jackson in he tends to come a lot deeper to receive the ball I think that brought the wingers back into play in the second half in a much easier way and allowed us to sort of push up the pitch a lot quicker um rather than being forced down the wings too quickly so I liked it um Jackson I thought he made a massive difference to the game and I thought we were able to get the ball forward a lot quicker with him because he was able to drop in and and create the extra man which meant we saw Sterling and um Palmer moving down the wings a lot more freely and obviously that led to um the the penalty that we won and and the goal which Jackson scored at the end as well so yeah I thought good good switch I don't know if I said I don't know if it was deliberate or not but it definitely helped us out and I think one of the big areas of maybe it's it's a positive and a negative is we don't have like for like players coming on and off the bench which means we're able to either switch the tactics which will benefit us but also it could obviously leave us in a bit of a predicament because we're not able to play the same way if if that was working so um tricky one but good good sub this just thing on the selection, I think just Gabo, we went to about setup and selection much yet. I think it was I'm not sure it was the right choice to start Brayo. I was pretty surprised. I mean, me and Craig said in the preview we was Jackson to start. Brayo looked like he he was gonna look like a bit leggy, um, couldn't really affect the game, first away game in the Premier League in months and just yeah, I think when Jackson came on he made a bit of a point and that finish, I mean it was a big it was a big forty five for Nick Jackson because he you know he wasn't started, he was fit, he was coming off that Brighton buzz and he got a, a huge goal, a really nice goal. He took it and uh yeah, so I think it was a big moment for Jackson. Yeah, I mean Broya, I think after the Fulham game, I can definitely see why Posh ran ahead and started him, but yeah, Jackson made a big difference to the game. And yeah, Broya looked miles off it first half. Obviously I think the the press wasn't there in the first half at all. I don't know if that was no. intentional to you know, in terms of pressing a little bit. Um, lower or I, I don't know but it just wasn't there at all in the, in the first half and yeah big 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 change and you could see that from, from minute one in the second half Posh obviously got into them in, in the dressing room and, and the, the intensity was there from minute one in the second half so that was really really good to see that he can have a half time team talk that can affect the team because that's one thing under Potter that I was really really disappointed in was the, the intensity that we came out of the half with so yeah that's yeah, definitely something I've noticed in quite a lot of games. We are quite a lot better recently in the second half, which is really good. I mean, even on the Tucci, we sometimes struggle with that. So kind of have a poor half and then kind of switch it is really nice. We used to actually bypass games, even going back to, you know, content and stuff like that, where you used to have sort of a drab first 45. I mean, it is common in the Premier League in general. Lots of teams go through this where, you know, you have a, a 
bad 45 minutes and then the manager really really shakes things up in the second half and they come out with a lot of intensity the good managers um which is fine i mean you know you can't expect players to be on it every every game i mean you can expect it but it will never happen uh, one other tactical thing i wanted to note from the game yesterday was kukurea's role which was really interesting he sort of inverted at times and but then at other times he would go push really high up on the right hand side work with gallagher um, down that right hand side and really push up and support the forwards Palmer and Jackson as well or, or Broyer in the first half um, and Caicedo would drop deeper to the right hand side to cover um, him and almost play like a hybrid sort of right back to, to help with counter attacks I thought that was a really interesting nuance in the game um, and also just really exciting to see obviously Kukure won't be the long time player there and to see Reese James come into that role potentially play that I think that's perfect for him where he pushes up right at times but he can also invert and impact the central midfield area Um, and also you know he's very strong at right back Reese so yeah I'm I'm excited to see him sort of be drag and dropped into that role ahead of Kukurea because I think you can start to see the team really forming in a really nice way here. I mean, there's a lot of things that change in the last few weeks with one games, and you say it's harsh for Mark Kukurea to be dropped. I mean, a lot has happened in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, he maybe he's a candidate for left back. Maybe he's a candidate for backup right back. I don't know. Malagusto is obviously suspended at the moment, so it'd be interesting to see if he comes back in. And um, obviously, Reese James looks like he was actually he could have played yesterday, apparently. Um, yeah. if he, if he wasn't, he was actually suspended. Obviously, after he made some remarks at the referee. Um previously which which got him fined and banned one of the i still find there's an imbalance with this team um and i still think if i look at how we play levi colwell has 57 touches in the game there's a lot of times in this match especially in the first half and i'd say in the second half although it was less relevant in the second half because we, we were winning but where we have the ball and we're not able to get the ball up the pitch quick enough um and direct enough and I think, obviously, Jackson helped with that because he was an extra man in the middle in the second half. But I think I didn't, I don't see enough good progressive passing coming from the defence. And I think we're still missing Levi's passing. He's not on the ball enough for me in the game. And I think he can help a lot with getting us up the pitch quicker. Um, if if you look at Dezazi, he's at 119 touches. Silver's 110. Kukure, 104. You know, Colwell's at 57. For me, that's just not enough, and I think he can be. We can use him better still um, in the setup. I think you would expect the the centre backs to have more touches than the full backs. Obviously, Kukurea, like I said in previously tactically, he was helping out more going forward. I think that will be the case going forward as well um, when Reese comes back. So, yeah, maybe you're right in terms of Colwell could affect the game better. Um, in terms of his passing at centre back, but also I think the team is is being structured in a way right now that looks that looks pretty good. At, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure I would change that. That what I think what a bigger issue is the eights in terms of their lack of uh, ability to dribble, lack of ability to potentially be a threat in attacking areas. I think if we're going to play this formation against uh, worse teams, teams that sit in a low block, you know, I would like it not to be Gallagher and Enzo as the eights. And it kind of feels weird to say because obviously Enzo is a really important player for us, but I don't think he's really necessary in that role. It kind of negates his strengths, Enzo. There was a, part, a time where the ball got crossed to the back post to Enzo 
and you sort of he miscontrolled it and then it, he got tackled it was for a corner he doesn't look dangerous in the box so if you're going to play him as an eight against a team like Burnley you know I, I, I don't know if that's really making use of his best qualities yeah there are, there are almost sort of three sections to the pitch for me the defence all look good together the midfield all look good together and the attack all look good together. But I think as a kind of general team, it doesn't quite fit um, that well as an overall package. But um, yeah, Enzo definitely, um, he's, there's, there's some really good areas that he's good at. And I guess it's one for Poch to kind of work out and see what, um, what he can do with him. And Gallagher's playing so well. I think it's a, it's a problem that he's playing so well because I don't think they envisaged him um, carrying on and playing this season as much. So it's a real headache. Um, that Gallagher's given yeah. to everybody in a in a good way, I guess. You said it before, Chris. It's a little bit like the old Liverpool model where they had the three sort of uh, sitting in like eight slash six, but they've really bombed on the fullbacks, and we're not really doing that as much as Cole was playing a bit inverted and Kukurai is a little bit like that as well. So if you're going to yeah. play these three players, you need the fullbacks to bomb on like a Chilwell and a James, uh, really to get kind of more numbers and up the pitch and assists. Because yeah, with Caicedo, Gallagher, and um, Enzo. And especially the way that Gallagher plays up and down, his he's focus is not to take shots. He's barely taking... I don't think he had a shot. I might correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not sure he had a shot yesterday. He's, he's quite... So, but there was times of... where the eights were making runs in behind. There was a really obvious time in, with Gallagher yeah. in the second half where he got played through. And he's just too slow to, yeah. to actually break away. He got yeah. caught by you know, some nobody Burnley midfielder. You know, it's just... You've you, you, you got to have dangerous players breaking through. If those eights are going to make runs in behind like we want to see and like is important in this tactical setup. It has to be players that, that offer some more attacking threat. And yeah, like you say, Gallagher's playing really well in terms of his work rate, pressing, you know, on the ball. He's been neat and tidy and, and you know, that's great, but he's not offering actually any attacking threat. And that's really what you need for those eight positions, especially against weaker teams. I think the narrative on, on X, you can follow us on X at uh, Eat Sleep Chelsea. We're pushing for 2000 followers. If you could uh, support the pod, that would be great. Um, I think the narrative on X and around the club is that you basically going to have to drop Enzo or Gallagher, basically, in this team at some point. And it's a tough choice at the moment because Gallagher is, like I said last week, is very tough. to. He's got 8.1 again on Footmob yesterday. I mean, he's tough to drop him. He's a captain. But Enzo Fernandez was the flag. Sort of the huge signing in January, and he's a really, really technically fantastic player. But at the moment, I think one of them might have to go, especially when we're playing, like you say, lower block teams. But I have to wait and see. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting uh, kind of like like you said in the uh, preview pod last week, Craig, gone from having no players to loads, and Poch has got a lot of headaches in terms of like the selection when we get players back after the international break. Well, let's let's talk about some players. Let's talk about temperatures. Time to see whose form's on top, who's heating up, whose temperatures dropped, who's been playing well, and who's not. It's freezing, warming up, boiling hot. Right, I think Brady, you're you're first this week. You're in the freezer. We got anyone for the? We smashed three wins in a row. Who's in the freezer? Yes, uh, well, he was in the freezer last week for me and you. He's still nonny. I mean, I, I don't think it's a good look when you're four one up, and nonny Madoweke cannot get a fifteen minute run out going. But he just, but you just been cold. He bought Matson on for Cole Palmer. I don't understand really what's going on. It's going to be frosty. I mean, I know uh, Fabrizio Romano said that, you know, that um, well, it's kind of an open secret that Poch is not happy. He had stern words in the office, gave him a telling off. I think Nonny understood. 
But Nonny isn't like Jaden Sancho or anything like that. I don't think he's up playing computer games all night. I don't think he's turned up to training late. I think he's a good pro and he maybe made a bit of a mistake, a bad timing or whatever to that for that. So, um, you know, that party to go on social media and whatever it is what it is. I mean, I don't really hold any grudges against him or anything like that, to be honest. But to bring Ian Matson on, who shouldn't really been being brought on in attacking positions, in my opinion, ahead and, and, and blocking the pathway for Madueke is not good. And at the and Kunku and um so got Kunku and Carney to come back in the team and Nonny can't get a minute. So it's not good. It's not good for either progression in the team. And we were looking at him maybe before Raheem was um being shifted over to the right wing. He was maybe going to be a starting right winger in his team. And now he's like further he barely, can barely get a kick. I know he's been injured, but yeah, he needs to rebuild Potch's trust. I just don't think it's a great situation and we've got a player who's a very I think he's a very good pro and I don't think I mean, Potch is a very good uh, judge of character. You, know, you read his book, Brave New World. He's very good, very good player manager um, and man manager. And hopefully, he can he's doing the right thing. But I don't think Nonny is the sort of pro where you like you want to isolate him because I think he's like he seems very positive and nice. And I don't think he's going to be like sort of uh, deflecting the dressing room or anything like that. So I just think they need to get the situation sorted a lot pretty quick. I think he'll probably. I think I, d- I think he'll definitely play in the Carabao Cup match against um, Blackburn. I think he could come on in a, like a bit of a surprise way. Um, I think, you know, almost keeping him on the bench and keeping him suppressed. I don't, I, I, you, almost like, wanna, you almost want to unlock it and say, you know, almost in the Arsenal game I, with 10 minutes to go, say we, we need a goal. You almost put your faith in him and, and maybe he pays it back in spades in those moments. So I think he's it's not a big problem at the moment. But um, I think if he still hasn't had a kick in, like by the time we go into December, I think there's definitely going to be an issue there. I'll be, I'll be honest, like Craig said last week, I think you probably just have to sell Ian Martin at this point if you're not going to use him at left-back because Kukure is actually playing pretty well at the moment and I've got too many left-backs anyway. So, I mean, and Shearwell will come back. Martin is not going to make any dent as a Chelsea player in attacking areas. I'm sure that is not happening. He's a left-back. So, you can't be bringing on this sort of... the player that played well in America against Wrexham or whatever to, instead of a player we spent £30 million on was really good at PSV needs some minutes, needs some chances. It's not good. So it's not good squad management. So just need to sort it out. Need to sort that situation out. And I don't like Martson coming on before him. I think it's rubbish. So I think we just need to get that sort of part you've got to bring on like for like. You bring Palmer on and you bring you bring the replacement winger on. So don't just bring on like a left back on instead of him. It's just silly. It's just, I just think it's unnecessary, that's all. I just think it needs to get sorted. That's my opinion on it. Yeah, I've got I've got no one for the freezer this week. So I'm I'm happy sort of Nonny in there. I, I don't think any player deserves to be in the freeze. I thought it was a pretty solid team performance all round yesterday. So I, I don't want to be uh, don't want to be too critical. I know from the first week I put Carney in the freezer with uh, when he played all right against Liverpool and sort of every, the whole team played well. So I'm not going to risk uh, the wrath of uh, saying that I don't like a player based on uh, putting him in the freezer today. <laughs> oh, I don't have a freezer. I guess I have a fridge in a way. Um, this is a very controversial one, so I'm expecting a little bit of backlash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mainly from Brady. <laughs> but I was very positive about Axel Dezazu's performance how yesterday. Can the, how can you put him in the fridge? But when you watch the when you <laughs> watch the goal back, what on earth are you on about? When you watch the goal back that Burnley scored, it's absolutely criminal that he's managed to come inside. In that moment, and I just think back to the Antonio goal as well at West Ham, 
And now I'm starting to see a trend. Do me a favour. 1v1, defend- 1v1 Antonio- defending. Rewatch the Antonio goal. Silva goes on holiday. And and Cleaver Cobra gets pushed off the ball like a little boy. So, so it's like, you know, we, we can all pick out bad moments. Like, <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Last thing I'll say on it, last thing I'll say on Dizazi, because there is a concern for me. He's finished the game again with no tackles and no interceptions. He's got the most amount of touches. He's not affecting the game in any other way. He has 95.5% pass accuracy. I don't know who he's passing the ball to. I I really don't. And I worry that he's... He's he's looking like a he looks a lot better than he did before. I get that, but he's not contributing enough for the overall performance. He's just kind of there, and that's great. But it's yeah, not yeah, it's not yeah, offering yeah. enough to the game, and I think we can do better. I really I think, I think there's sorry. a couple of things with him. Firstly, I think he's he's got a great personality on the pitch. I know I'm watching him celebrate goals and uh, his reaction around the crowd. You know, you can tell he's a very passionate player and cares about. The performances in the club so that's a really really positive thing he doesn't personally for me pass the eye test in terms of what i'm watching him being comfortable on the ball i know we actually were in the matthew harding for the brighton game that he was playing and we had a horrific first half in terms of build-up but when he was on the ball he's very very i was nervous about him being on the ball so i i just i i am worried about a team like for example, Arsenal that coming in next that have a yeah. really well coordinated high press. I I do worry about him under under pressure on the ball, and, and maybe I'll be wrong. Obviously, very early to judge a player. I'm just talking about very early eye test for me. He he worries me, Dzazi on the ball. He he is a concern for me. I'm not going to criticise his performance yesterday because I thought he was he was pretty good, and I think a bit harsh crit- criticising him for the goal yesterday. I think like showing him inside is yeah, kind of how they how they're coached. To, to do to show him inside to the other help um and yeah obviously unfortunate that the the shot went through Kukule's I mean, legs that is just you know the tiniest little gap but uh, yeah I think a bit harsh to be critical of him for yesterday I mean I, I, I'm not going to get into it too much and I, I, I I'm not acting like he's a new Maldini but he's just been solid like seven out of ten most games nothing too bad and I just think like this this attack we give him chance after chance give him another go Give him another go. And finally, they're turning up after about 300 months. This guy, he, he plays seven games for the club. And it's like, everyone's on him. Give him some time. Like you said, I think it's quite mixed, by the way, the fan base overall, from what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, no, like, yeah, yeah, opinions is quite rare. On Twitter and X, everyone's saying he's doing pretty well. Yeah. So it's quite, you guys have got quite a controversial take. That's fair, that's fair enough. But to pick out moments in the season and say, oh, no, he's no good. I mean, look at Silver for the Aston Villa goal. He had an absolute mare. Does that mean that Thiago Silva is a bad defender? No, it doesn't. Silva's got, yeah, got a lot more credit in the bag. The, no. the problem, I can't, you can't just finish, you can't finish games bank. in a row and have no tackles continuously and no inceptions. I, I just don't understand it. It's, it's not as if no one's attacking down his You're side. Not I don't think there was many players to tackle yesterday. Was there Burnley, Betty had an attack, did they? Colwell had five tackles. This is what I mean. Colwell had five tackles. Kukri had four tackles. Silva had two tackles. You go to interceptions... Kukure had three interceptions. Silva's got... Silva didn't actually have any yesterday. But he had um, two clearances. My point is, well, he's he's on the pitch. He's looking good in a good team. Because we've got good players around him, right? Caicedo, Enzo, Silva. They're making all these guys look a little bit better than they maybe are. He He just, for me, just does not look like he's offering enough. And what I, I would say, Brady, as well. Just, just sorry, just on that last point. 
the first half, we're just ch- we're just passing the ball around. And this is the issue I have with Colwell too far on the left and Dezazu is not offering enough. And what you get is people making safe passes. I mean, we, you, the thing is, the guy's probably a rotation slash going to be in the first team exactly. centre-back and we're getting worried about him. It's like, you know, we have got... You, you, Wesley Fofana, if he ever gets back... I'm sorry. It's like they're up. They're, like Wesley Fofana is a better player, but he's not. He's not fit. It's like Reese James. It's like okay, Reese James is a better player than Malagusto. He's never fit. So the guy's fit. He's turned up every week. He was chucked in against Liverpool. He's he's, he's got good energy. Um, people say he's got Tony Rudiger vibes. Not about the player, but about the energy that he brings. He's got a bit. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's got a bit about him. And in this team, like this, this is a bunch of at least it's a very young team. They need a bit of that. I'll give them some credit for being fit for sure. But yeah. I, I, I would say, um, in terms of if you're looking at that team yesterday, and if you had to pick out one passenger in the team, I think I think most people would say him. I think, that's, I think I think that's harsh, but I think honestly we're just trying to. Oh, pick who who would you up. say was the passenger in the in the team yesterday? Well, yesterday, Broya, Broya had a shocker. Sorry, uh, overall, let's say second half then. Well, I don't think second second half we scored three goals and didn't concede a guy. I think really any passengers. I think we just bossed in the game, though. Fair enough. Okay, we created zero point eight xG in the game. Just FYI, non no penalty non penalty xG. Anyway, right, Brady, who have you got for warming up? We have got a, a longer list, surely. I've got uh, it's a man who I think the pre-season's over. He's shook, shaking off the rust of his Chelsea career. It's Moses Moses Caicedo. He's giving deserved yeah. sleepless nights. Brighton are shipping ten goals a week. Without Caicedo, they're a mess. And yes, it's ninety percent ninety percent pass accuracy. But I tell you what, it's not like you in Golo Kante pass it to the side, give it to Hazard kind of balls. This guy can pass a ball. It's five out of six accurate passes. He can, you know, he's known for his uh, pressing and recoveries. He can pass it. He can do it. He's got a lovely little kind of, I don't know how to describe it, kind of flick around the corner. And it goes to Gallagher and it gets through the lines. He's very good at that. Uh, really good. And the, the pre-season's over. Paid a lot of money for this player. But, and he's only 21. And it's like, you forget how young these players are. And uh, Moises, his Chelsea career is literally warming up. Because he's... He's actually warming his body up after the pre-season of probably being in like a Mayfair hotel or whatever, uh, trying to get the deal done on the phone, like looking at Fabrizio Romano's timeline and all that. So yeah, he's he's here and he's uh, he's finally uh, showing the player that he was at Brighton. And yeah, it's exciting. I was literally, so basically my notes for this were exactly the same. I had Caicedo written down. I said he's finally shaken off the rust, basically. And I, the other thing I was going to note was that he's still 21 years old, which is crazy. Because yeah. you kind of think he's uh, a more seasoned player than that as well, based on his uh, his performances at Brighton, and you just assume he, he's an older player. But yeah, I mean, fantastic! What a difference he makes to the midfield when he's playing like that. He he was everywhere yesterday, and some high ball recoveries as well, covering at right back when Kukure is pushing forward. I mean, he's doing so so much for the team. You can see why Deserbi was uh, was crying about not having him after they lost six nil to Villa or whatever it was. Um, last week, you know, there's a big difference between him and Hinchelwood or whoever Brighton is starting uh, there. <laughs> like uh, last week, Sandra on the pods, I hate to see it. But you know, he he is he's a difference maker out there, and you can you can really really see it. I'm very very nervous and upset that he'll be travelling to Ecuador mm-hmm. this week um, to play in a couple of games, including one on um, Wednesday morning at 3 a.m. before he comes back to play Saturday for uh, yeah. for us on uh, against Arsenal. But hopefully, 
we'll we'll wrap him up in cotton wool. He'll get back, and you know, I think we got a real chance if we get our if our top team out in there in good form and and not you know too tired from from that to put in a good performance against Arsenal with this team. Yeah, Caicedo, great. Um, yeah, can't say more enough good things about him. Really, I think he's improving every week. Um, I think he's very very comfortable and um, measured. Is a good word for him on the ball. He surprised um, he, me on the ball. I don't know about you. No, I think that was always his best skill was playing, you know, press resistance. And if he gets the ball, he's not just going to, I won't mention a certain player again, but he's not just going to hoof the ball up the pitch and um, he's not going to get panicked. What did, this guy gonna, do, what did this guy do to you? Did he? Uh, did you meet him in a, did you meet him in the street and he wouldn't give you a selfie or something? What's this gonna, guy done to you? He's going to take his time and he's going to pick the right pass. He's got great awareness and, and uh, peripheral vision. So, um, yeah, I like Caicedo. I think he's going to be superb. He just needs time to settle in. He come with a, he came with a, a you know big price tag. It, it didn't. He tried a bit too hard, I think, at the beginning, especially in the first couple of games. He was trying to be everything. He seems a bit more settled now. Knows what he's doing. Um, very competitive and competitive in the middle, and very impressed. Competitive. I mean, Liverpool were going to play 100 million for this guy, and Liverpool. I mean, we we can throw some money after some bad money after some good money after bad. You know, we can sometimes buy a player for too much money. But when you've got Liverpool cl- clamouring for a player as well, you see that he, you know, the reason why we pay so much in terms of there must have been a lot with the stats and how he can improve the teams and the analytics. So it's coming to the fore now, and we'll see. We'll see the best of him, and I just pray he can stay fit and. Hopefully the international break doesn't break up his rhythm, like Craig said. I, I tell you what, I'm very happy he doesn't play for Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they would be they would be genuine title contenders, yeah. and they yeah. they're exactly the player they're missing at the moment. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's good to good to be going. Anyone else for warming up? By the way, I was going to give an honourable mention to uh, Cole Palmer. If unless anyone's got, I, mean, him I was in hoping he'd be in the other section. Yeah, well, he's got. He's got a bit Has anyone got him in boiling hot? No, I don't. Okay, let's talk about Cole Palmer quickly because I think that he's a really, really important player to how we're playing at the moment. Um, he has still got this from, I guess, from Pep and City as well, where a lot of our forwards, you know, Sterling's really good in behind. Broya, like you said, Chris, always looking to get in behind yesterday. But Palmer's got that where he finds that gap between the midfield and the defensive line and he's always available to receive the ball and he's so good in tight spaces it makes it so hard to play against and he opens everything else up for us because if he draws the defenders in when he picks the ball up in those little pockets the half spaces on the edge of the area Broyer can get in behind Sterling can get in behind we saw in the first half Enzo can you know fade into the back post and get the ball completely unmarked so he's opening up a lot for us tactically and to be honest, when we signed him, we were sort of looking, I think, for, um, I know we were in for a lease in, and sort of that player that can play on the left side that maybe wouldn't command a first-team spot, maybe would be more of a contributor for us off the bench, you know, could develop, has a ceiling, but, you know, wouldn't be a starter. But I think Cole Palmer has come in, and, and right away, I think he's going to start against Arsenal. I don't think there's any chance they drop 100%. him. He's undroppable. Undroppable. So, yeah, he... Uh, I've just been so impressed with him. And yeah, again, surprised me a bit in terms of his abilities. He's an incredibly intelligent player. And I know from watching, um, is it Pythagoras in, in Boots? It does the really good YouTube breakdowns tactically of players when, when big teams sign them. He's really, really good. Um, but he was talking about Palmer, his role 
a lot of people that, that evaluated him at City thought maybe his best role was going to be as an eight, as a Mazala, as that sort of type of player. Um, kind of like De Bruyne plays for City when he plays as an eight, where he plays very high. Um, I think he could play there. I think the work rate's there for him. I think he's a technical enough player. Obviously, you have to play in a high-possession team for him to play there because he's, he's not going to be good defensively. But I think that could be his future. I would love to see him as an eight. I think him and Carney as eights, um, I talked about this in the WhatsApp group last night. If you play Caicedo at DM and then Carney and um, Palmer as eights, along with two wingers like Sterling and Madweke or something, I think that gives us incredible attacking threat with a striker as well and gives us those five at the top line that are dangerous. So, yeah, I think big, big future for Cole Palmer. I, know, I really like Cole Palmer. I think he's excellent. He's reminds me a bit of... Um, kind of reminds me a bit of Juan Mata, if I'm honest. Um, in terms of sort of how he plays, in terms of like a Chelsea player who I've seen before. Um, very, very good on the ball, technically. You know, the ball kind of sticks to him a little bit. He, he rarely, I ne- he never gets the ball, and I think the ball's getting away from him sometimes when you think about um, some of the other the players who are in those positions. And yeah, he can pick, he's just got great vision as well. He can He can see the game, he can read it, he can understand where people are going to be running to. He's got, he can put himself in other people's sort of heads which I think helps him and he's got the the skill to put the ball in the right area. So, yeah, look, the more he plays, the better he'll get. I think that's a simple, simple thing. And I think if he is going to stay on the right wing, I think, you know, as much as we want to see Madueke play, it'll be difficult for him to get a place ahead of him. He's going to have to uh, really improve um, and, and contribute some goals and assists. So, yeah, good battle out there. And, and maybe we'll see him in the eight. Who knows? Just definitely want to say, a real lack of fear. I mean, you had uh, Jackson on the pitch, you had Sterling on the pitch, Fernandez, Gallagher, and he stepped up to take the penalty. I mean, so he must be like doing the penalties in training because I think that's how they pick. But it's a lack of fear, just slotted it, sent the keeper the wrong way, took a deep breath, and he just looked, it looked like his 100th penalty, not his first one for Chelsea. So, I mean, he's just got a real lack of fear. He'll try a progressive pass. He only had 56 touches yesterday, but he really, really... He, he makes it count, you know, and um, great assist for Jackson. It was a great finish by Nick. But yeah, really calm and cool and composed in the ball. Takes a breath. He's just, uh, yeah. Ever since that, not in a throw, I always go back to the Night and Forest game when he came on. That was, everyone was running around. It was panic. And I could just see a player there where he was just calm and he was just trying things. And it was his debut. And he just, yeah, he, he tapped, you know, he tapped the badge yesterday. A little bit of passion as well. Love that. So yeah, all positive things to say about Cole. Warming up for me, um, I, I, I think Cole Palmer's a really good choice, actually. Um, I I have to. I'm going to pull someone out of the freezer, um, and that's Nicky Jackson. He deserves to come out of the freezer for me. Um, he was in there for a while, and uh, I thought he was. I thought he was really good when he came on. I think he bit of an underrated performance, um, but I thought he took his goal really well. Um, very, very good skill for the goal. Um, and a fantastic finish. I think he could have had another one. I think Mudrick went down the left and, and played into him and he sort of started. I'm not sure what he was up to there. But, um, yeah, look, he's, I think he's looking good. It's good to have him coming in. Obviously, he scored against Brighton. We were a bit worried he couldn't continue his form against um, Fulham. And then he comes on 45 minutes and gets a goal. So, well, I think if you think about the games, last two games he's played, I think he's been excellent. And... Uh, it's interesting to see if he'll be uh, picked for the Arsenal game. I'm not. I'm not sure. I think, I think I've heard this. I'm not sure if I've heard. I think it was uh, the Straight Outta Compton podcast. I think Nick might actually be a bit better in the tougher games where we're playing on the break a bit more, a little bit like we're against Liverpool. 
really uh, rough teams up a little bit and just catch them on the break. Um, what I mean against is like a high line. Arsenal play a high line. Nick against the high line would be great. He's just got a it's that composure at the end. Like he said, he's he's a bit he's a little bit of a winger of a characteristic. He likes to dribble a lot. Sometimes he dribbles it out or dribbles it for a, a couple beats too long, and we kind of uh, we lose the rhythm in the attack. But if he can get 10, 15 goals this year, that that would be great. And yeah, if it, it was a really cool finish, and it just shows you what confidence can do. You know the the Brighton game where he got that goal, and um, yeah, going into a tough game uh, run of games, I really hope he can sort of get get prove me wrong a little bit, get some goals in big games, and yeah, tick along and until uh, Nkunku comes back. But yeah, very very good performance for him, especially when Broja Broja started. You know, it's like he must not have been happy with Broja starting at all. So. Um, naturally, so to come on and kind of stamp his authority on the forward on the forward spot, I think is a is a good one. I think he'll definitely start against Arsenal if he's fit personally. Brady, what have we got? Boiling hot. There is only one boiling hot. Yeah, there's only Take one it boiling hot. It's it's, uh, it's the big man himself. It's Axel Dzarzi. No, I'm <laughs> uh, it's it's Raheem Sterling. I mean Raheem Sterling. I'm a big boxing fan. He's a little bit like he has a he, he has a great round in a boxing fight, and he has a bit of a wobble. You know, he might have a few games where he doesn't do too much. And Mia Khan, uh, sorry, yeah, Mia yeah, Khan. a little bit like that. Yeah, he takes a shot, and you think, oh, I'll tell you what, he might be going down. Then he comes out of a great combo out of the corner, bang, 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 gets the crowd on his side. He's like that, Raheem, isn't he? You get a little bit. You get he hasn't scored or assisted for a few games. Uh, obviously, he's not in the England squad at the moment. You know, Mudrick, you know, he was ill. Mudrick came into his spot, or we're thinking, is he even going to start? Comes in, uh, a goal, won a penalty all by himself. And like I said in the first half, he was the only one who turned up, really, in the, in the attack anyway. And um, he actually was playing in his favoured position this game. He's actually, although he's been good on the right, he is, when you look at his stats for City, he was much, much, much more productive on the left wing. That this is his spot, kind of the cut in. The classic Raheem Sterling thing, I think he did it in like the first five minutes, cuts in, whips in that curled shot. It's got loads of goals like that. Um, and he's very comfortable on the left wing. And yeah, I mean, he, he won the game for us yesterday, really. I mean, it, that to make it 2-1 to 3-1, that, that that cool finish, you know, to make it 3-1. And yeah, I mean, he's a top goal scorer for the club this season. He's a top G, uh, slash GA um, provider. And yeah, he's a talisman in the attack at the moment. And he kind of, a little bit like Jackson, stamped his authority that like he has to start the game so they're against Arsenal so he yeah. won't be going away of England so like managers really uh, they, they they really like when they have the four or five six players training there they often because they you know they're in there they see him every day they see him training and I, I'd be very surprised if Raheem Sterling does not start against Arsenal and um, yeah but the only thing I would say is Raheem has a very very good record against promoted sides and all these goals and assists this season have come versus promoted sides I mean, our fixture list after the international break reads Arsenal at home, Brentford at home, which is a bit of an easier game, then Tottenham away, City at home, Newcastle away, Brighton at home, Man United away. I mean, it's, it's a death run. We, he, I think he's a little bit of a narrative around him in the sense that he doesn't always turn up in the bigger games. We need him really to start not necessarily scoring goals, but having huge, big performances for us in those big games. So um, that's the only thing I'd say. If he can really turn it on in the bigger games, that would really help us. I'm not having this death run stuff. Come on. Arsenal at home. That's, a, that's three points in the bag every season. Yeah, that's, that's right. yeah, years, right. Six goals in a week. It does a lot of confidence. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> we, got, we got Arsenal at home, then Brentford at home, and then Blackburn at home. Those are our next three games. And then we're going down to three-point lane. Tell you what, we must Come on, guys. Like, let's go. We're Chelsea. 
We're Chelsea. I tell you what, that a... Brentford game is definitely winnable. They are they are way off it. Um, and Blackburn as well. Yeah, so. I mean, well it, was nice of, it was nice of Thomas Frank to come out and give us his tactics um, on Monday Night Football a couple of weeks ago. That was really <laughs> helpful. And it, the thing with those games is all these teams, especially with the new age, uh, Tottenham, uh, Pep, even with Eddie Howe a little bit, they play high line and we can really hurt, we can really, really hurt teams in transition. So um, that, that might go well for us. So we'll have to wait and see. I'll tell you what, I can't wait for this Arsenal home game yeah, in, in two weeks. Like obviously five thirty kickoff as well. We we can get down to the pub a bit earlier and, and enjoy the, the early game. I think it's Liverpool Everton. And just I feel like the Ooh. Stamford Bridge is gonna be absolutely buzzing. Oh, it'd be rocking. If we score, it'd be rocking. If we go one 0 up in that game, I tell you what, they they will really struggle in that game because the crowd will be right behind and us. And there'll be a certain uh, make a wish person uh, getting a little bit of stick on that. <laughs> Imagine how that scores. Anyway, we'll focus on that on the on the pod bit, yeah, let's, let's talk about boiling hot again. Um, Sterling, I'll just give my little um, two cents on him because I think there was a mixed uh, opinion on whether he should even start the game. Obviously, Mudrick's had a, a decent run of, of starts and performances, um, but I think Posh absolutely nailed that one in terms of how Burnley were going to play and how he set up. Um, he looked absolutely immense and just so positive on the ball. Everything worked out for him. Um, really had that right back on skates um, the whole game, and yeah, just I, I like the, the 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 element of you know ball gets switched to him by Caicedo by Enzo. Um, I think even Kukurea switched the ball to him where he gets one on one. He's straight on it on that right back. He knows you know that you've broken that press. You get the ball. You're one on one with the defender. It's time to go. You're on it, and he's just so tactically aware. He, I, I love Raheem Sterling playing that left wing position. I think he's absolutely brilliant there. And yeah, I think he's he, he's going to cause uh, teams a lot of problems in, in with the way we set up and him being in those one on one situations a lot. I thought he was excellent, Sterling. I think he was. He wasn't as involved as he has been in previous matches, ironically. Um, but he was more involved because he was more direct with how he played. Um, reminded me of the game against West Ham. Yeah. yeah. Where he got the ball and he was a little bit more direct. I think he dropped off a little bit since then, to be honest with you, um, in terms of that that mentality when he's on the ball. But it was back in spades against Burnley. I thought he was really direct. You know, he made the goal, made the own goal. You don't get assists for those, unfortunately. And you don't get assists for the penalty, but he did so well. You know, again, just, just running, trying to get into dangerous areas and forced a, a really poor tackle from the Burnley player. So, yeah. And then obviously, I thought he took his goal really well. I thought Gallagher almost played it too late. He should have played it like about two seconds earlier, but he did really well to just pull his run back. I don't know if anyone really noticed that, but he did pull yeah. his run back and then he and he was away and he didn't think, you know, he wasn't looking to cut in. He just, he just walloped it with his left and it across the goalie. That's what you want to see. In it, and in the net, 10 out of 10 performance. This on uh, FPL, by the way, for uh, Raheem Sterling. Yeah, you points. get the assist on the FPL. Yeah, so that, yeah that's, that's good. But, I think in the game, I thought he was really good. Look, we need him to to, to win his games against some of the bigger teams that are going to be coming up, you know, yeah. teams that have finished in the top half. That's what's really going to define whether we finish in the top four or not. So, um, but it's it's a really good moment for us. We've got people hitting some form. I thought even, um, I thought he, he got a good amount of minutes. So I got 82 minutes. So um, took him off at the right time as well. So that really impressive. Great, great performance from Sterling. Anyone, anyone else for, for boiling hot? I don't think I, there I've really got, is anyone I've got a boiling hot. Wow. And it would yeah. be it'd be unfair of me not to give him a boiling hot. I've been putting him in the freezer in the first week. 
Wow. And that's Pochettino. <laughs> wow. Boiling hot. Three wins Boiling. in a row. Three wins in a row. Look, it's uh, it's been a, it's been a while, and uh, I think he deserves some credit because he he I thought he was his selections weren't weren't the best at the beginning. I think he was too too negative, but he seems to have found his feet in terms of trying to. Who I think with the Palmer thing and and having a, a quick wing on the other side, I think he's found a good balance. Um, I think he's his sub at halftime made a really good difference. His subs aren't ruining the games for us <laughs> anymore. I don't think as well they're actually helping us. Well, it's nice to have options off the bench yesterday. I thought we had some really nice attacking options off the bench yesterday. Yeah, he's using less subs, and I think less is more. I don't. Th- I think previously he was almost just he, he's whipping out five subs for for no real benefit. So, um, yeah, it was it was nice for him to stick with the actual setup of the game and just try like for like subs um, that, that he brought on, which which was nice. Um, and it, we, he's done we, a- we have a massive advantage this season that we don't have to change players. We don't have a Champions League game away in France or Spain on a on a Tuesday night. You know, we we can we can get the same team out every week and play. We don't have to make any subs till seventy minutes onwards. You know, they they can they can play all, uh, a full game. A lot of these players a week. You know, that, that's not a big deal for for these guys. So yeah, obviously the international breaks hurting us. But apart from that, once the the fixtures start actually coming back and we're we're playing once a week. And, and you know that home game, we got a really good draw in the in the League Cup against Bright uh, Blackburn. So we don't even need to to play top players in that game. I think we can get through that game without without them. So yeah, the, the Arsenal game you can really sort of lean on it and, and give it give it everything. Yeah, I mean, I think what, what's helped him a little bit. Um, it's kind of a bit unfair to say to Ben Chilwell. This Ben Chilwell injury has helped him out a little bit because he's just basically yeah. he's just reverted to like, right, I'm just going to play a left wing or a left wing, and it's not this like, oh, why are you playing Chilwell there? And he has something to say in every presser. It's like I think he even said that he was playing, you know, chill well when he in his wrong in a position that he was a weaker in than left back, and he's just gone back to basics a little bit. The Tottenham, the 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 formation that he played and the the player types that he wants, and yeah, we've got players to come back. I mean, the only thing I think he will struggle with a little bit, like any manager would, is is juggling all the players that we have. We've got Lavia to come back, and Kunku obviously is going to walk into the team. You assume um, we've got Madueke not getting minutes. Uh, we're going to have. A certain Benoit Badia Shield maybe is going to be coming into the team. Um, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough for him to balance that, I suppose, uh, with no Europe. But um, other than that, he's he's definitely settling into the role, and there's a good energy. You can tell that like he is a father figure to these players. They when they celebrate, they care about scoring, they care about the team, they don't want to let the manager down, and that's what he had at Tottenham, and that's really that was one of his main strengths, to be honest. Kind of that uh, Kieran and Trippett talked talk about it on the High Performance podcast. He just makes you feel like you're part of the family, you know. And um, yeah, that's a huge strength. But I think subs and tactically uh, in the second half, he could get a little bit better. But yeah, it's doing much better. And you've got to agree that it's been a very good, uh, very good week for him going into the national break. Much better than last time because the last time we went into the national break, it was not on a forest at home, and that was not a good, uh, not a good feeling. So, okay, cool. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it today. Um, our next game is in two weeks' time. We've got an international break, so we'll be up against Arsenal, and we'll have a preview pod. Um, for that London derby next week. You guys excited for that one? Can't wait. Yeah, can't wait. And hopefully we'll get a bit of content out over the international break. Not sure what it will be. Maybe a bit of uh, separate topics and stuff like that. But yeah, buzzing for that game. And But yeah, just uh, enjoying the good energy of uh, six goals in a week going into the old uh, international break and uh, watch some England friendlies, which we love to do. So yeah, lovely. Brilliant. Cool. Well, that's all we've got time for today for updates on all things BSCR. You can follow us on X at Eat Sleep Chelsea and Instagram at Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat. 
As always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening.